Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hello there and welcome. It's Mike Williams. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast. Uh, Listen, today we're going to call this Apocalypse Later. And so where are we? Well, it's uh, early 2016, and you do remember that the uh, year started out pretty ugly for markets. In fact, we heard headline after headline, the worst five first days, the worst first trading week, the worst first trading two weeks, the worst first trading month on record, the worst three weeks for 80 years the dire consequences that meant for the rest of the year. Now, remember, that was the first five to six weeks, okay? Wow, what a difference uh, 60,000 minutes makes, eh? So it's been another six weeks, and here we are nearing the end of the first quarter. And what do we have? Well, Let's first think about what we had six weeks ago. We had plummeting oil. We had plummeting commodities. We had a rocketing dollar. We had a worse start to the market in 80 years. We had uh, significant negative consequences facing us. I mean, the media headline business was in hot pursuit of records. I mean, it was terrible. Okay? We had it all. A bad first week, a terrible first month, the worst six weeks at the start of a year. Earnings were plunging. Well, they really weren't. But you tell me what headline gets more attention. Think about it from this perspective. You pick up at a piece of paper or a headline uh, on your website of of favorite website and, and you see this headline, Earnings Plunge Continues as Red Ink Flows. You'd read that, right? I mean, that would that would put a spark in your fear category, yes? Or what if you read this instead? How dumb does one need to be to miss this idea? Earnings are growing at 5% under all the noise if you take out the energy sector that has been shellacked for its own reasons. Now, what would be more fearful? Obviously the first, right? Except both of them are true. Both are true. I jest a little, but look, I'm sure you get my point. So what's happened after that first ugly six weeks? Well, uh, once again, as has been the case on too many times since 9-11, apocalypse now morphed into apocalypse later. You see, oil has rallied 40% in the last six weeks. Some of the best performers in the stock market have been commodity-based assets. Check back into our late January podcast and you'll recall that we talked about that very thing. The dollar has sagged. Its rally has lost a little steam. And industrials, they were surely dead from the collapsed energy marketplace 
well, they've seen their best few weeks in years. In fact, and you're going to love this, the headline just a couple days ago on one of the biggest known, uh, broadest watched financial channels was this. And I'm quoting, the Dow is about to do something it has not done in 80 years. Now, you remember how it started, right? It started with, this is the worst performance in the last 80 years. So that's bad. Guess what? The story under that headline goes on to state that if the Dow closes about where we are at the end of the quarter, which, by the way, at this taping only has uh, one, two, three, four more sessions in it. If we close about right where we are, It will be the greatest intra-quarter comeback in prices since 1933. Now, you got to chuckle with me there because we have gone from the worst start to the best recovery all in 90 days. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, that's just funny to me. So what does that mean? That means if you happen to have too much to drink on New Year's Eve and just stayed resting, i.d. in a coma, until about 4.15 yesterday afternoon, you would have woken up and thought, what's all the fuss about? The Dow's in the same place it was when I fell asleep. What has changed? Well, here's what's changed. We have sent many, many thousands of investors packing. They have locked fear away again as their major culprit, and it will be years before they are back. Fearful hands tossed out stocks for weeks, no matter the prices. Tens of billions of dollars were jettisoned from equity funds, only to quickly find their way into, quote, safe bond funds. Dividends rose, earnings rose, lacking energy, by the way. Fear rose by leaps and bounds. Politicians made fools of themselves. And that all-too-hated crowd under the current administration, the workers and businesses of the world, did one thing. They went on their merry way of becoming better at what they do. More productive, more effective, more cost-effective, they just kept approaching every hurdle the way we have done it before for decades. How do we know we crossed every hurdle? Well, because we're here, right? I mean, we have arrived at today. So we must have gotten over every single thing we were afraid of. All we see around us, all we live and breathe, all we experience and benefit from, all of it, is the result of solutions delivered. Here's the kicker. You can't have a solution unless you first have a problem. So instead of being afraid of problems, pray for more of them. And by the way, pray for a little more red ink and more panic, because I have a sense we're approaching yet again one of those periods of time where we look back on 2016 as a turning point, not down, but up, not into treachery, but into, wow, now that I'm in 2026, 
look at the value that you could have had back in 2016, that terrible period. It's said that arriving at a successful conclusion is the result of making the most lemonade one can from the lemons that life continues to toss out. But it's all in perspective. So in the future, let's mentally allow ourselves to get excited during corrective actions, not terrified. One way is very profitable over time. The other, well, it's, it's not so much. And listen, just in case you were thinking it's over, ah, boy, I can rest, I can relax. The headline writers are in business for a reason, so think again, mind you, the same crowd that told you that plummeting crude, a rocketing dollar, and a deflationary hell is awaiting us will come around for Act 6. My hunch is that out-of-left-field thing is they're going to tell us soon that inflation is the real culprit, not deflation. Thanks to a plummeting dollar and a doubling in the price of crude, no matter what, we will still be told to fear the end of the world. So let's chuckle a bit and laugh in our own minds with this idea. Remember these items early. It's okay if oil, quote, spikes by 100% from its low to just $55. It will still be half of what it was 15 months ago, saving billions for all of us every day. It's okay if the rally in the dollar fades a bit, because all those, quote, terrible earnings expectations, along with the, quote, earnings recession, we are told to fear, it'll go away. It's okay if commodities rally back, because I assure you, you want a little inflation over deflation any day of the week, and as they say, twice on Sunday. And yes, I assure you, it is surely okay if the Fed raises rates by, I don't know, three-quarters of a point over, say, the next year. Why do I say it's okay? Well, because we've lived, believe it or not, just 10, 15 years ago, it was normal to have rates of 6 and 7 and 8%. We lived through 15%. We lived through 18% mortgages in the 80s. I am sure... I am positive we will live through a Fed's fund rate of 1%. Indeed, I would argue that with inflation creeping up, as we have argued for a couple of podcasts now, the Fed may want to pick up their speed. And eventually, the market is going to like that too. So I hope these thoughts have been helpful. Thanks again for joining us. Until we see you again on the next podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.